Welcome to the CFITrainer.net podcast. Today, we'll discuss what's new at the National Fire Academy for fire investigation, including new partnerships, updated training programs, and the major fires investigation authority Congress recently conferred upon the USFA. With us from the National Fire Academy is training specialist Kevin Oliver. Kevin Oliver served in law enforcement for 23 years, the last 18 as a fire investigator with the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation, he is an IAAI CFI and a North Carolina CFI. With the North Carolina SBI, he assisted in more than 800 fire scenes, attaining the rank of criminal specialist and the position of statewide program coordinator for the Fire and Arson Investigations Unit. Oliver served more than 16 years as an ATF certified ignitable liquid detection canine handler. After retiring from the North Carolina SBI, Oliver first worked as a contract instructor for fire investigation courses at the National Fire Academy, then accepted a full-time position as the training specialist for the fire investigation and sciences program. Oliver oversees the curriculum development and day-to-day -day administrative programs for all of the fire investigations programs at the NFA. Oliver serves on the NFPA 921, 1033, and 1321 committees in a non-voting position. He teaches and lectures throughout the United States. Kevin, it's great to have you on the podcast. Good morning, Rod. Good to be with you. A lot goes on at the National Fire Academy. First, give us a pitch for the National Fire Academy's offerings in fire investigation. What courses are offered and how do people register? We have actually got a lot of stuff going on right now. We are very involved in, in classes uh, with COVID basically being in the back back view for us. We are pretty much up to full strength running. Uh, we do our our essentials class almost every month, which is pretty much the most in-demand class that is offered at the NFA. It's a nine-day class where we go through all kinds of aspects of fire investigations, fire dynamics, fire chemistry. We do a lot of hands-on aspects of it and a lot of a lot of different aspects that are related to fire investigations in the essentials. We have three other classes that build on those as far as electrical. We've got a fairly new forensics class that we work with, um, introducing what we call the non-traditional aspects of forensics to fire investigators. And then our other class we have is a case prep and testimony class. Tell us a little bit more about fire investigation, forensic interview, and evidence. This class was piloted in September 2022. What is the class, and who are good candidates for it? It's a new six-day class that we we started. Uh, we piloted it last September of 2022. Uh, like I said earlier, it was we kind of introduced what we consider non-traditional aspects of evidence collection to the fire investigators. We kind of jokingly describe it as a CSI for fire investigators, but we introduce them to things that we don't generally think of in fire scenes, such as fingerprints, DNA, tire impressions, uh, those kind of things that we you wouldn't necessarily think of on a regular basis, but we try to introduce it to them to let them know that it can be done as far as fire investigations and more importantly, to introduce it to them and to let them know it can be done, but if it's something that they're not comfortable with to call somebody who has the, the training and experience. It's kind of like we point out in the class, if you were to go to the other NFA, 
the the National Forensics Academy in Tennessee to do the to be a certified crime scene uh, technician, you would go to about a 10 to 12 week class. Well, we've got six days, so obviously we're not making experts out of them, but we're kind of introducing to new aspects to them and to give them uh, an idea of new procedures they can use in fire investigations. Yeah, it's the more we've learned about it, the more we're amazed at how much actually can be recovered from a fire scene. And there's uh, there are a lot of experts out there that that get involved. So glad you're bringing that out to folks. Um, tell me more about forensic interviewing. What we do with that is we kind of introduce them to important things that we're doing with interviews. There's we don't go into in depth as far as uh, interrogations or those kind of things, but getting them with the thought process that there are certain things that are incumbent on any fire scene investigation that are needed. Um, it's whether it's when I was on the state or state level, or if it's a local investigator or the ATF, anybody like that, there's certain things that are going to be needed. So it kind of introduces them to the, the thought process of getting those questions across, whether it's to the a witness or the first responder, uh, those kind of things. So you're getting into those aspects. We're not getting into the deep dive, so to speak, of uh, really forensics interviewing, so to speak, as far as uh, line detection, that kind of stuff. Uh, not really as deep in that, just more of the aspects of the uh, the things that are needed for investigations and uh, let them tell their story. As we tell them a lot of times, if it's a, a person of interest or a suspect, uh, sometimes just to let them talk, uh, a, a lie can be as just as good as the truth any day. So good. Um, so if someone's interested in the NFA and again, National Fire Academy, by the United States Fire Administration. How do they register? What Tell us what they should do. All of the applications that we do are done online. We currently do application periods twice a year. In fact, uh, the current application period is open right now. We do twice a year from April 15th through June 15th, and then again from October 15th through December 15th. Those are the two periods that we take applications. And but we are looking at changing that procedure around probably after the first of the year instead of doing on a semester basis, we're looking at doing quarterly basis. But currently we are doing that. Uh, we have a period open through June 15th so they can go online and apply uh, now for any of any of the classes at the NFA. Are there any new courses in the works? We've got a lot of things going on at the NFA. Um, one of the big things that we're pushing now is the partnerships that we are working with um, in our program. As you well know, uh, I mentioned the, the prerequisites earlier, particularly for the fire investigations. We have um, the prerequisites that we do are with the are through CFITrainer.net uh, within the four classes that we do. There's a total of 30 of the modules with CFI Trainer that we require in one class or the other. So uh, we're continuing to build on that partnership. 
we have a strong partnership with the IAAI in that our classes, three of our four classes meet criteria that the IAAI has for uh, prerequisites or criteria for either their designations or certifications. So we're continuing to build on that, that relationship. Uh, we're looking at incorporating more technologies into our classes. We're looking at 3D uh, scanning cameras to try to incorporate into our curriculums. We have been looking at the possibility of being a host agency for wildland fires investigations. So uh, like I said, we've got a, a lot of things in the works right now. You know, I was sitting here looking down at my notes, and I, I'm not sure if you mentioned the new uh, courtroom survival. We, that is uh, one of the ones that we are working on as part of our two-day suite, suite as we call it, so to speak, for the first responders. Uh, we have our original fire investigation for the first responders class that we do. Uh, we have a another two-day class that's in the works. It's called Fire as First Responders Fire as a Weapon. Uh, we're hoping to have it piloted up and running by about November of this year. Uh, that's going to be kind of addressing for the first responder why people set fires, things to look at when they go to a scene that they can relate to the fire investigators as they're going in. If they're more familiar with the situation, I often tell people that when I was the, with the state, when I was covering 10 counties, I didn't know a whole lot of the players, didn't know a lot of the, the people in the area, but the locals and the first responders can relate that information to the investigators. So we're kind of looking at some of the things as far as why people set fires. And then uh, once you understand how the fires are, are set, then, uh, or why they're set, you can look at how they're set. So that's information. And then on top of the fire as a weapon class, we are doing one. I'm trying to get back up and running. Uh, we're calling it courtroom survival for fire and EMS. It's teaching them how to be fact witnesses or lay witnesses and uh, what to expect in documentation aspects of your, uh, your fire response. And then if you get called to court, what to expect in the courtroom process, uh, how to be the be a good fact or lay witness, and more importantly, how not to get drawn into the trap of giving ex <clears throat> excuse me, expert opinions when you're not qualified to do so. How is the NFA incorporating new technologies into its classes? We are looking at doing some aspects of virtual and augmented reality. Um, one of the things that we do is we're looking at doing we just recently bought some 360 scanning cameras that we're looking to incorporate into our lesson plans, especially the, the case preparation. Instead of giving them a, a paper file that we have to get them, we're, we're looking at giving them a virtual scene that they have to process on their own, uh, virtually process it uh, in order to do their origin and cause aspects of that. So um, we are looking at doing some different virtual reality or um, technological aspects of, of our classes. The NFA and the IWI recently signed an MOU for certain NFA courses to fulfill requirements for the IWI FIT and IWI ECT credentials. How did this MOU come about? What's the response been from students? Yeah, we, we recently, as part of our partnership with the IWI, 
we signed a memorandum of understanding in that they they have gone through our classes and recognized the the level of detail and the the educational value that we offer so um they they recognize our lessons and uh, our classes to meet certain designations or certifications within uh, the IAAI criteria. For example, if you come to the NFA and take the the essentials class, it has been recognized to meet all of the criteria for the IAAI fit. So as part of the MOU, to come to the, the three classes that I, I'm referring to, you have to score an 80% or higher on that. So uh, you take the essentials class, you score an, an 80% cumulative grade or higher, that meets all of the criteria for the FIT designation. So you're able to um, take our certificate and fill out the application, send it in, and uh, you get your FIT designation. The same, same goes with our forensics class, the forensic evidence and interviewing. Uh, you take our class, you get an 80% or higher. It's recognized as having all the classroom and practical aspects of the IAAI ECT, the evidence collection technician. So you get you get the 80% from our class, send the application in, and you're able to get your ECT designation. And as we often explain to people that one of the hardest things to get in the IAAI uh, certification or the CFI certification is the expert witness component uh, because IAAI re requires that you have either been declared an expert witness twice or have an expert witness testimony class. And through the MOU, it has been our case prep and testimony class has been recognized as a an expert witness testimony that meets the criteria for the IAAI. So uh, generally, most people, that is the last component they need for their IAAI CFI, so they're able to come to our class, get those that aspect of it, and get that component, and uh, are able to move on to get their, their IAAI CFI certification. Last, I'd like to ask you about the uh, empowering of the U.S. Fire Administration Act, which Congress passed in December. It gives the USFA the authority to send incident investigators like safety specialists, fire protection engineers, codes and standards experts, researchers, and fire training specialists to conduct on-site investigations on major fires. I know it's early on, and there's not yet a defined plan for how the USFA will do this, but what's USFA's thinking on this new power? Uh, it was kind of a reaction to some of the larger fires that had happened in the new, the northeastern area of the United States, but one of the things that we as the National Fire Academy or the U.S. Fire Administration in general want to get across on this is we are not trying to take over fire investigations on the federal level. Uh, there are a number of agencies that have that authority that in particular the ATF, they do a great job. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, I was an ATF handler um, for a number of years, worked closely with the ATF, and we still work very closely with them at the NFA. Uh, so that is the one thing that we want to get across is we are not uh, trying to come in and take, take over fire investigations on the federal level. I think the most important thing that, that uh, the empowering the USFA does is it gives us 
the ability to be kind of a clearinghouse so that we can go in and if there are these large scale fires, we can bring together all the interested agencies, whether it be ATF, NOSH, Underwriters Lab, um, any other agency that may be involved in it, and we kind of can collate their information and put together a report of all of the findings that put together and if need be to make recommendations to try to do things in in the future to try to help prevent it. So uh, it is something that's going to be in the works uh, as my supervisor is uh, want to, to say and the bill um, they gave the authority, but as of yet, they have given no money for uh, personnel, for equipment, anything like that. So uh, it's often as referred to as an unfunded mandate. So uh, it's still a lot, a lot of things going on in the works with it. It's very much a something that will be updated as we go along. But the, the most important thing is that we are not here trying to take over fire investigations on the federal level. Uh, we are way too busy trying to do all of our stuff with the uh, National Fire Academy and trying to get the lesson, the training and everything along those lines. So uh, that is the most important thing that we want to get across is that there are agencies out there doing it and we are by no means trying to take their place. You know, it seems like there's a lot of great opportunities going on at the National Fire Academy that a lot of people are unaware of. Can you speak to that? The National Fire Academy is often referred to as a hidden gem within the fire service. Uh, there was some estimates at one time that only about one to two percent of the the total fire industry ever comes through the National Fire Academy. So um, that is something that we're trying to do to uh, get the word out as far as our presence here and not just our presence on campus, but our uh, off campus resources, the classes that we do. Uh, other curriculums have off-campus classes they do. Currently, logistically, we're not doing anything in the fire investigations. It's just uh, the way our classes are set up is just too logistically intense to try to go off-campus at this point in time, but we do hope in the future that might be something we can do, but, uh, but there are other curriculums that people are, uh, could be interested in, and if they have any uh, interest in it, they can go on the NFA website and research any of the, the classes that we have on campus. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today to talk about the National Fire Academy. Hope you'll come back and see us soon. Thank you. Good to be with you. This podcast and CFITrainer.net are made possible by funding from a fire prevention and safety grant from the Assistance to Firefighters Grant Program administered by FEMA and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, with support from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, and voluntary online donations from CFITrainer.net users and podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next month. For the IWI and CFITrainer.net, I'm Rod Ammon.